your source for everything paranormal. Para-X. The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual host and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Para-X, its affiliates, or its sponsors. gathering. The supernatural world can be a dark, intimidating, and scary place. We gather to shine light on the mysterious and misunderstood aspects of the paranormal world. We bring to the table years of experience as mediums, healing channels, and paranormal investigators. We share true stories from our experiences to dispel fear where we can and help you discover the amazing layers that make up the paranormal world. You are invited to gather around the metaphysical table with us and discuss the worlds of the unseen on The Gathering Radio Show. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Gathering Radio Show on the Para-X Radio Network. This is Heidi. And this is Stephanie on this Tantalizing Tuesday. How are you, Heidi? I am very good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I am doing good for this, what is it, the second or third Tuesday of Mercury Retrograde? Yeah. Are we almost done with it now? Does it end this weekend? I think so. Let me look. I'm going to look it up. You know, it really hasn't been very bad. I got to say that astrologer that we had on our show was pretty much right when she said... (laughs) My that my sign would be okay. You know, we'd yeah. be able to, you know, figure it out. Looks like it ends on the 18th. So yeah. So next week there. this time it'll be all done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It hasn't been too bad. It hasn't been. Yeah. It hasn't been too bad. There are things though that I put on hold that I'm right. not going to do during yeah. Mercury retrograde. I know because <laughs> I know better. I know. Me and too. <laughs> set myself up for failure on that. So. But- and, you know, I think we prepare to, you know, and we know it's on, we, we know it's happening. We just kind of sit back and maybe not so stress out so much about everything and maybe take a little bit more time to do nothing, you know, and not be so crazy busy. Yeah. That's this what time I've of year? No. What? This time of year? No. No. I know we're always busy, but I have been trying to take ample time to just be, you know what I mean? So I think it's been working pretty good. Well, that's um, good. I just got to say, I'm sipping this tea. Now, I'm not much of a tea drinker, but I had this tea, and I, I really wanted coffee. But, you know, if I drink coffee this late at night, I probably am not going to sleep very well. Um, so this is triple berry tea or something. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> you know, and I'm not a tea drinker, but this this tastes good. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. So how is everything? Did you have a good weekend? It was a good week. It was a good full weekend. I taught Reiki 2 on Saturday, mm-hmm. and then I had my priestess circle on Sunday, Monday, and mm-hmm. that was good. And then I taught Tarot 101 Class 2 on Monday night. Mm-hmm. So it's been a very Easy. full, full yeah. weekend. But yeah. So I had today off, which was good. I think it's my last day off until the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And, um, but that's okay because this is the month of the activity, all yeah. the busyness. So oh, for yeah, sure. so it was it was good and um, paranormal. I have my ghost hunting class tomorrow night, and mm-hmm. we have, I think there's 18 people signed up. We had to cap it because of COVID. You know, you mm-hmm. have restrictions on how many people can be in, and so there was a wait list too. And so I feel bad that we couldn't get more people into it, but right. there's only so many you know, people you can fit into rooms and then paranormal investigate and be safe and all that. So are you, where are you having it at that school in St. Louis Park? It's, uh, yeah, it's at one of the the schools down there and we haven't been there for, hmm, at this one, probably four years. We were trying to Mm -hmm. figure it out the other night when we had our uh, paranormal meetup. I think it's been four years since we've been there. And last time we were there, it was very active, but we found some other places to go that we've been doing the classes. So we have to move it around, you know, mm-hmm. and it was it was really active when we were there before. And now it's been kind of quiet, especially the last couple of years with COVID. 
they haven't had all the activities there that they've had right. in the past. So it'll be interesting to see how that impacted the spirits that have been there or that have passed through there. Did it give them energy to want to connect, you know, because now there's going to be people there wanting to talk. So they're going to be very active or did they go somewhere else and move on? I don't mm-hmm. know. So we're going to see tomorrow night. So it'll be pretty mm-hmm. interesting. It'll be fun. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, good. Yeah. Busy the time paranormal with... equipment out, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, we had a full weekend of it this week down at the mm-hmm. Humber, at the Hotel Bar and Grill in Humberd, Wisconsin, I should say. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy, crazy active. That place is just more active every time I go. I mean, even in the apartment where we stayed at, I didn't really think there was much activity there until it all started happening. (laughs) So, yeah, it was uh, quite amazing. So, And there were a lot of paranormal investigators there from other teams. So I'm hoping between us and them, and there were a couple of investigators there who weren't paranormal investigators per se but they've been on paranormal investigations right and they had tons of equipment so i'm hope we're going to share all of our stuff you know so i hope everybody got a lot of really good stuff i'm excited to see the outcome you know cool so yeah it was very busy and yesterday was my day off so i did some painting of the i had my garage um painted the upper part that I couldn't get to, but I did the window yesterday and the door and it looks fabulous. And I'm so excited that it's finally done. (laughs) But um, yeah, so, you know, it's just one thing after another, but it was nice to have a day off to myself, you know? Um, So cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we don't have enough of those days. Um, So we have a very special guest with us this evening and I'm excited to talk to her. So we have Wendy author minnesota author wendy webb on with us again hi wendy hi i'm so glad to be here with you guys wish i could be in the studio but uh, maybe next year next year next year for sure hopefully and hopefully we can have a big audience remember the last time we were in studio with you we did have a pretty big audience it was really fun and uh, well and i'm still not over your room of old dolls oh i still think about that Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Those dolls. Mm. <laughs> oh, they'll be back in a couple weeks. Yeah. So Heidi has an, a Halloween open house at her studio, Wendy. You should maybe show up. That would be really fun. I oh, think that'd it's, be fun. When is it? It's a couple weeks from Friday. Is that when it is? No, it's on Thursday. It's oh, Thursday, uh, October 28th from 6 to 9 at the My Spirit Experience studio. It's free and mm-hmm. it's the new space. So we have a lot more room to spread out and... Mm-hmm. I have some new items that will be on display this year that I acquired last year, but I couldn't put them out because of COVID because we didn't have it. So the coffin will be on display. I have a steamer trunk that will be on display. Uh, So it's going to be, it'll be fun. So if you go, let me know so we can be there at the same time. I think that would be really fun. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, yeah. But um, so Wendy, you have a new book out. I do. It just came out this past week. And talking Mm -hmm. about Mercury in retrograde, (laughs) um, we've all heard about the supply chain disruption that Mm -hmm. is plaguing the marketplace these days in every industry. Publishing Mm -hmm. has also been hit by it. And it was a paper shortage. So my book that was supposed to come out on Tuesday didn't come out really until yesterday because of a paper shortage. Oh my. And my publisher and my agent was saying, yep, we've seen this with a lot of books lately. And I was watching the news this morning, and they were actually talking about it, the publishing industry. So wow, thank you, Mercury. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. But, you know, they're short of a, of a lot of things. And, you know, not just that. But, you know, you know, when you go to the store, there's a lot of things that are missing or like if you, I don't know if you have kitties, but my cat eats, loves Fancy Feast. And man, there's just hardly any out there, you know? And I, I think it's the can shortage from what I've understood, you know? So it's just it's crazy. crazy how much we depend on, you know, the supply chain. And who thought of the supply chain before? I, Nobody. Right? But Nobody. We depend on it. So. I know. We do. Oh my goodness. It's crazy. 
Well, and obviously <laughs> we take it for granted because mm-hmm. we had no idea how much this would impact so many things in our in our world. No, I know. It's crazy. So So the book is out now, and Mm -hmm. um, it's doing great. It's number one on the Gothic um, mystery charts um, now, which I I am so grateful for. Mm -hmm. My readers are just so wonderful, and um, I always try to delight people and (laughs) entrance people, and readers are really liking this book. I'm mm-hmm. I'm very grateful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I pulled it up. So the name of the book, everyone, is called The Keepers of Metzen Belo. And um, I've been reading it. I got it on my Kindle, actually. And, of course, I had this wild weekend, so I haven't had a chance to read, really. But I've read about a third of it. And, of course, it's hard for me to put down. I had to put it down to be on the show. <laughs> but... Um, I was looking at the reviews on Amazon, and um, I th- I think it I think it just says it all. It says one of them says Wendy wows again. The next one says amazing. The next one says mesmerizing, engrossing storyline storyline, delicious. <laughs> Can I should I go on? I mean, just on and on and on. So yeah, it's another you know hit out of the ballpark for you, Wendy. I think you know uh-huh. I'm like. And like Thank I said, you. I've, and, you know, I'm sure every author can relate when I say it's such a relief because <laughs> 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 they think, oh, my gosh, are people going to hate this now? And but yeah. no, um, it, it's it, it, people are liking it. And I'm I'm just so grateful and happy about that. Oh, so tell us a little bit about it. Well, um, I started this book kind of in a different way than I start my others. And as you guys know, I always start with a place. But this time I started thinking, and I don't know what brought this to mind, but I started thinking about my mom's heritage. And my mom is the daughter or granddaughter of Finnish immigrants. And I started looking into her heritage, specifically like lore and legend And what were the myths and what were the fairy tales and what were, you know, I just kind of wanted to know more. My mom passed away a few years ago and I just felt like I wanted to know more about that. And what I found was really interesting in that um, J.R.R. Tolkien used this epic Finnish poem called the Kalevala to write Lord of the Rings. And I thought, you know what, if it's good enough for him, <laughs> it's good <laughs> enough for me. And I delved into it, and there's a lot of really cool, um, dark folklore that comes out of this heritage. But you know what, what I found also was that I think we all have that in our backgrounds. No matter mm-hmm. what nationality we are, no matter what race we are, we've got lore and legend. And the whole premise of the book was, what if that was real? What if it wasn't just lore? What if it wasn't just a fairy tale? But what if we in our modern world were confronted with some of these tales, I'll just say, um, how would that look and how would that affect our lives? And um, I wrote this during the pandemic and went a little dark (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, in this. But it was a lot of fun to delve into. And, of course, because Tolkien used um, that finished poem, I learned that the Vikings way back in the day when they were out pillaging and whatever, they left Finland alone because they felt like the Finns could control the seas and the weather Mm -hmm. and nature. And they didn't want to mess with that. I've been trying to have my friends call me Gandalf now that I've learned that. (laughs) They won't do it. Nobody will do it. (laughs) But that's what the Vikings, that's really where Tolkien got Gandalf from this um, particular lore and legend of that Nordic culture. Mm -hmm. So here I am. That is so awesome. Um. And it takes place, and our favorite place 
that you write your set your books really while well, it's an island, but Wharton is in there as well. Yep, it's um, just this island that's off the um, shore of Wharton, fooling nobody. It's Bayfield, Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and Madeline Island, but I've mm-hmm. you know named of different things. Mm-hmm. And this is big old house, an old family dwelling um, on the island in the middle of a forest and Metzenvalo means forest light and mm-hmm. that is what the name of the house is because you know when you got a big old house you have to name it and that's what this house is named and the family gathers there for the reading of the will of the matriarch who has recently died and um, things go a little wrong <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly yeah um so yeah wow and, you know, for, for anyone listening, I tell you what, so the first paragraph of the book, I just got to read it. And it's not, re- it's in the prologue. So just listen to this and it'll just draw you right in. So it, here's the paragraph. It says, she huddled next to the trunk of an ancient tree and gazed up at the stars shining through the canopy of impossibly tall pines. They looked black against the night sky, booting, plodding. She had wandered into the forest earlier in the evening, long before the blues and purples of twilight turned to inky darkness. The night had been safe then. Okay, now doesn't that just draw you right in? (laughs) I mean, it just grabs you from the very first paragraph. Uh, You know, and it's funny because I think you guys know that I just write it. I start with a an idea and a notion mm-hmm. and then I just sit down and write it and you know what? It grabs me from mm-hmm. the first paragraph. And mm-hmm. so I feel like, you know, if I knew what was coming, if I knew what the story was, I wouldn't be as excited to get <laughs> into the story as I am. Yeah. And I think that comes that that comes across, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think you're as excited writing it as we are reading it you know i am it's so i much fun i wonder wendy if you know because the way you write is very it sounds very different from a lot of authors that we hear about or that you know you read about and um so i wonder you know going on the paranormal side of things do you think that it could be a spirit that's telling you the story to write so that's how it has a flow like that. Like, do you think there's some kind of spirit storyteller that's already figured out this whole story? And so it's like, you're hearing it for the first time and translating it to become these books. I have never thought about that before, but um, I, I'm going to say maybe Mm -hmm. because the, the way it really happens is I'll open up the, computer I write on my laptop and I I am not thinking about anything there's nothing and it sounds weird there's nothing going through my mind I'm not thinking about the characters I'm not thinking about um, anything I am typing right Mm -hmm. I'm typing is basically what I'm doing here but that's what I'm saying I wonder if you're channeling someone Mm -hmm. I wonder Mm -hmm. my family and my heritage is full of storytellers. And, you know, I tell people at my readings, they ask me, how did you get into this? My earliest memories are sitting at my kitchen table in the house I grew up in with my mom and dad and family gathered around and they were telling stories. And it was always about family. It was always about, oh, this is what grandpa did and this is what uncle whatever did. And, and so I just grew up steeped in that. So if somebody's whispering in my ear, it's, uh, it's family. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. But that, that totally could be, you know, cause it's just, it's interesting because I would assume, I guess, from what I've heard, there's not a lot of writers that write like that. So, well, how you know what, you guys, I don't, I don't talk about that very much. I feel like, like it's safe to talk about it on this show, mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, at your average library reading, I'm not saying, well, I just, I don't think about anything. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just <laughs> typing. <laughs> I love it. But that's really how it is. And that's so and cool. I, it, it, it's 
surprises me all the time. It's like, oh, my gosh, look at this. And the one or two times I have planned out something, it has kind of turned out badly. (laughs) So I've learned I've learned not to do that. Like there was a book, um, well, The End of Temperance Dare, and there was something in that book. I'm not going to spoil it for readers who may have not read it yet, but there was something in that book that I went into the book thinking, I'm going to put that in there, and it's going to be a surprise. And people are going to just be shocked, and they're not going to know. So many people have said to me, oh, yeah, I saw that coming a mile away. So... If I know what's coming, the reader is going to know what's coming. And I'm not going to do that again. I'm just going to let it go. Mm-hmm. Well, it's well, working. That, well, and that book was a wild book. Of the books that I have read, that one's the craziest book of all. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm not done with this one not, yet. So I don't a, know that. But it's going to be a movie. Is it? I know you talked yeah. about that last time we talked to you, but... Well, it got put on hold because of COVID, but mm-hmm. now it's full steam ahead. I can't really announce anything uh, yet, but the script is done. It's being, you know, cast. It's it's moving. So we're going to see fun. that uh, within the next year. Cool. Oh. That is so cool. I love it. Yeah, well, And that's that like the craziest, wildest book of the ones that I've read that you've done, you is. know? It is. Oh my! Uh, yeah, I went a little. I went a little dark with that one. <laughs> yeah, it was. But, I think um, I had nightmares when I read that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you it's, know, Temperance. Uh, she was not a good girl. No, she was not. And then I keep thinking about that little room up in the attic. You know, the tea room or oh. whatever it was. <laughs> I know. Did you read that one, Heidi? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That one was a crazy one. And, you know, I think of the ones that I've read still my favorite is the first one I ever read. And that was um, Daughters of the Lake. That was my favorite. Oh, you know? oh that one just grabbed that, that one is more, it's not scary. It's not, no. it, you know, it's got, it's got a little creep factor to it, mm-hmm. but it's more dreamy. And I mm-hmm. love the love story. Mm-hmm. Between the two characters, Jess and Addie, I just, mm-hmm. I, I just cry. And with um, the haunting of Bryn Wilder too, that love story just mm-hmm. grabbed me. And you know, a lot of that book. Well, you guys know a lot of that book is was taken from my real life. Mm-hmm. So I was crying the whole time I was writing oh. that book. <laughs> <laughs> My neighbors were like, Wendy, are you okay? why are you crying? Like, I'm just yeah. Writing. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, because I remember when I read, I just found it. I was sick. So I was sick. It was New Year's Eve. I was looking for something to read. And so I went on Amazon and, and I got it on Kindle. And I think I didn't go to sleep for a night because I had to read it all, <laughs> you know. And so there I was with my 102 fever or whatever, reading this book. <laughs> And I've read it again, you know, so I've read it a couple of times. I just think, wow, it's such a good book. All your books are fabulous, but that one holds a special place in my heart, you know, and I don't know if it's because, you know, I'm so fascinated with Lake Superior and there's a lot of Lake Superior lore in there. You know, it talks about the spirit of Lake Superior and the whole idea of someone being found that's really been underwater for 100 or 200 years and they look like they drowned yesterday because we hear those stories all the time, right? This this happens yeah. quite often up there, you know? So, Lake Superior is ice cold. And, mm-hmm. it, it, and, you know, a thing about the lake that people who do not live on the Great Lakes, they don't understand. And, you know, I do, in normal years, I do book tours all around the country. Mm-hmm. And they think it's so exotic, these, you know, these Great Lakes. But Lake Superior has a spirit it does that the other i mean if you live up there for five seconds you understand it mm-hmm. it's like well no you know there's going to be like tornadoes all over and people say no the lake will protect us mm-hmm. and it, you know it, people really feel that and it's and they don't make any bones about it they're like 
yeah, the lake's angry today, or, you know, don't go out today. It's the lake is a living thing. Oh yeah. Um, And I don't know if any, I don't think the other great lakes have that. It's, Mm -mm. it's Lake Superior that has that. Yeah. I've been to all the lakes. Not that I've spent a lot of time near each one, but Lake Superior is a whole different ball game compared to the rest of them. You know, it's a different Um, ball game for sure. Yeah. Just, you know, and you know, Gordon Lightfoot sings about, her ice water mansion and you know, the whole nine yards. And isn't it the truth, you know? It is. So, yeah. So, and so it's really cool that all your books have some element of Lake Superior in them. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's fun. It's fun. That's the magic that that we have here in Minnesota and around the Great Lakes. You know, other areas of the country, you know, the, the southern, we've got the Southern Gothics and they have magic kind of infused in their culture. Mm-hmm. Up here, it's like superior. That's our magic mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. I, I agree. A thousand percent. Yeah. And there's, you know, craziness happens up there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, so, wow. So, like I said, I'm about a third of this way through this new book. And you know what? I'll probably be up all night reading it. <laughs> really. You know? Seriously, after talking to you now, I'm I'm just going to sit here and, and be up all night reading this and probably get it done by tomorrow. Well, and the thing I wanted to do with this book is um, the whole premise was, what if this lore and legend, what if it was real? What if it wasn't just an old story that our family passed down, but what if all this stuff was real. How would that look in present day? But the story itself in the present day sort of morphed its way into a fairy tale um, as well. And as you get further into the book, you'll see that there's, there's a scene that just turns the book right into a modern day dark fairy tale. Mm-hmm. And I just, I didn't plan that out either, but I really love that. So when you get to it, I'd love to hear what you think of that part, too. Yeah. Well, don't you think that there's a little bit of truth in all this, in all the legends? I do. I do, too. I do. And it may be more than just a little bit. Maybe there's a lot, you know, and our minds just aren't capable of handling it, you know? And, you know, the world is so busy and we've all got so much that we're rushing to and fro and maybe we don't look as deeply as we're walking through the forest. Maybe we don't see things that other people have seen. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm one that believes in the magic of everything around us. Absolutely. And it's, it's, a, it's a little scary, but more than that, it's comforting. Mm-hmm. I would agree. How about you, Heidi? Yeah, I, I agree about, too, the, uh, the legends and the, the fairy tales being, there's a lot of truth to them or history in them. But we, ha- we have been getting so, or gotten over the generations and generations have so disconnected ourselves from the earth energy. And I think that's a lot of what this, uh, the folklore and fairy tales are based in is a lot of earth connections and beings that are, are part of the earth that we just don't see anymore. And it's kind of like when you're a child and you see spirit or you're connected to spirit because you don't have those filters yet. And over time and people saying that's not real, you build up these filters. Well, I think we've done that as a, a race, you know, human race, yeah. we have limited ourselves to what we think can be real and we just don't see it anymore. And I believe wholeheartedly that, you know, some of the things that you know, were talking about or that we've heard through, you know, our lineage or in fairy tales that really, that they're, they're real. They existed somewhere. They still do. We just, mm-hmm. we just have created it in uh, and put it into a place that we can deal with it and laugh about it or, you know, disconnect from it enough so that we don't have to, you know, process it. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I love what you said about the earth energy, um, because that's totally what this book is. The, the legend is this race of beings called the Vaki. And, you know, you can look in, you know, all kinds of different heritages have the same sort of little people kind of, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, but these are in charge of nature. Um, mm-hmm. grass and the air and the wind and the trees and the, the water and everything in it. And, and maybe they are benevolent and maybe they're not. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, it's a, it's a thing that we have, it's really a sort of a pagan, um, look at things mm-hmm. and it's something that we in this modern day have kind of veered away from and we're mm-hmm. so busy with other things we don't tend to notice um mm-hmm. things that are going on right yep. around us i think mm-hmm. i would agree i would yeah. agree and with that we need to go to commercial break so we'll be back in two minutes this is the gathering radio show on the para x radio network Geek ladies Sean and Victoria from Exploring the Paranormal with Geeks Paranormal are at it again with another amazing season full of paranormal celebrity interviews with amazing guests and stories of haunted locations and so much more. You will hear it first on Para-X. Tune in Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Central. You will not be disappointed. with Cat Paranormal of Minnesota. And I'm Jerry Ayers with Supernatural Investigators of Minnesota. And together, we are The Calling. Every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on ParaXRadioNetwork.com. Anywhere. Thanks for making Para-X part of your day. Your source for everything paranormal. Para-X. Welcome back to the Gathering Radio Show on the Para-X Radio Network. And we have Wendy Webb with us tonight, Minnesota author Wendy Webb. And we've been having a good time listening to her talk about her new book that's out and all sorts of other adventures that uh, she has going on. And there's one that we haven't heard about yet that you were hinting to or telling us about before we got on the the show, and we need to hear about it because tis the season, being October, Wendy. We got to hear your your uh, haunting stories. You've got it sounds like maybe one or two actually. Yeah. Well, I and I wanted to get your opinion on it because you guys are the ghost hunters. You guys are the experts. Um, now, I um, moved into a house a year ago. Now, you and I have talked um, since then, but this happened after we talked last year. Um, I live in a house. It's 90 years old, and it's got a really small kitchen. And off the kitchen, just by the back stairs going down to the basement, there's this cabinet And it's like, it's a big cabinet, so I have all my, like, utensils, not utensils, but, you know, spatulas and all those kinds of things, can Mm -hmm. openers um, in there. And I also have this set of salt shakers that I got as a gift, um, but I don't use anymore. They're, you know, if you, everybody has been to a diner and seen those old-fashioned glass salt shakers. Mm Mm-hmm. These are like that, but they have um, kind of a 
a silver thread going through them, and they have some glass beads on them, and they're kind of decorative and pretty. But on the one, one of the salt shakers, the red glass bead fell off. And so I just kind of put them away until I can get that fixed. And I put them in the very back of this cabinet behind several other things. So um, one day I was going to go downstairs and I stopped at the top of the stairs because I saw something at the bottom of the stairs. It was this salt shaker. Mm. Now, the stairs are, you know, like tile, you know, they're old-fashioned stairs. The landing is tile. So this is a glass salt shaker. So had it, say, fallen out of the cabinet and tumbled down the stairs, it would have broken. But Mm. there it was, sitting there, not just that, though. The red bead that came off it was just placed lovingly right next to it. (laughs) Wow. And, I mean, honest to God, listeners, this this is like, you know, like a Monday morning, I was going down, I was going to get the vacuum because it's down there, and I see this salt shaker. And I, there's only... One logical, well, paralogical, let's just say. (laughs) Um, My brother, um, one of my, I have two brothers. One of them passed away um, 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was right around the time of his birthday. And my other brother and I were talking the day before we were here. We were talking about him and talking about him. And... That, to me, that is, that's the only explanation I've, and the cabinet door was closed, so there's no way that thing could have somehow propelled itself out of the cabinet (laughs) and down the stairs. Right. Um, But it was down there. So what, have you guys seen anything like this before in all of your investigations and travels? And what, what might this be? Well, Wendy, you've told us different things about things, paranormal things that have happened that you've thought were your brother in your old house as well. So you maybe it that, is yeah. him just stopping by and saying hi, because isn't it usually this time of year? Too? Oh, my gosh. You remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He died on uh, October 16th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was this time of year. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, that's my thought. Heidi, how about you? Yeah, I mean, anytime there's something like that that just is almost unbelievable because there's no way it could happen on its own, there has to be intention behind it. And Mm -hmm. when it's that strong, you know, someone really wants to get your attention when they move something physical like that, you know, when they have that kind of strength or intention, and usually that comes with a lot of emotion, Mm-hmm. You know, you can have that kind of strength when there's a lot of will and emotion behind it. And so it would make sense that it's someone you know, that someone that wants to connect with you, you put the time of year in it, the conversations that you are having, I would think it would be your brother, um, you know, and wanting to be very deliberate about getting your attention to say, hey, I'm here and I want you to know this. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. hmm You know, and the thing that really just struck, well, everything about the whole experience struck me, but the fact that that little bead was there, Mm -hmm. it was so intentional. Right. Mm -hmm. It was like, okay, not only am I going to move this, but here's the bead that came off and I'm, I'm going to just put this lovingly right next to that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause you can't have two accidents together. No, and honest to God, that this really happened. But, you know, what, when I was standing there and looking at it, I didn't have a feeling of fear or any sort of malevolence. 
it almost felt funny to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I almost got a kind of, <laughs> oh. And so that kind of tells me, too, that maybe it was my brother and not somebody here in the house who was trying to scare me. Yeah. But Right. Well, I mean, that's what I think. And have you had any other paranormal activity in that house? I really haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and I, I thought maybe I would, but mm-hmm. uh, because it's a 90-year-old house, um, and the guy who I, I've learned about the the gentleman who lived here before, I thought it was an older man, but he wasn't. He was only maybe in his 60s and passed away here. Oh. But mm-hmm. I have not... From what I've learned about him, he was just a cool guy, loved animals, was on the board of this animal organization and that animal organization, and was a teacher and seemed like a, just a very nice person. Um, but I haven't felt any sort of anything, mm-hmm. except for the, these kind of strange things that really remind me of my brother. Right. <laughs> and so if anybody's haunting this house, I think it's him. Yeah. I have a feeling that's what it is, too, you know, and our loved ones stay with us, you know, even after they pass, you know, so, I mean, that wouldn't surprise me at all. And because you said different things have happened to you, too, and I can't remember what they were, but, you know, kind of the same thing. And we all talked about your brother and that it was always that time of year, Um, just like he's stopping by to say, hey, I'm okay. How are you? You know? Well, and I did just get his ashes, too, uh, before um, that happened. And now I'm just remembering this. So it's like, of course it was him. But um, he passed away um, of a heart attack mm-hmm. 15 years ago and mm-hmm. much too young to go. Mm-hmm. But his fiance at the time um, kept his ashes. And my parents sort of wanted them, but didn't want to, like, say anything. But now she's moved on, as people do. She's met a wonderful guy, and she's going to move in with him. And she called me and said, Wendy, you know, I don't think it's appropriate for me to have these ashes anymore. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously, Randy, my brother's name is Randy. Randy wouldn't want to move to this other man's home. Right. So would you like them? And I said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I've got his ashes here. And Mm -hmm. um, that's cool. So, yeah, I think that's a that's a really cool story. You know, I like it. It's fabulous. It's love transcending all the boundaries and all of the dimensions, you know. So it was so respectful, too. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it wasn't like I don't want to take. Randy's ashes, but it was. I don't think Randy would want to go mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I just thought mm-hmm. that. Well, I loved her. So did he. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's cool. That's awesome. I love it. So, what are you guys yeah. investigating? I'm just. I'm interested in your, um, in your adventures and your travels. You said in the beginning, you were in a school in St. Louis Park. Yeah, I investigate. I grew up in uh, St. Louis Park. Oh, get out. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Which school? I love it. Uh, We have investigated the Central Community Center quite a few times. We've investigated Lennox uh, School and Peter Hobart we've investigated at the junior high and um, there's a couple others. uh, We haven't been officially investigating in, but I've definitely checked them out. Oh, and Cedar Manor. We were over there too. Oh my goodness. So have you, did you go to any of those schools or just um, high school? Um, There's Susan B. Lindgren. I went to Aquila, which is, Oh yeah. And then I went, to um, the junior high, of course, yep. and but I, I, my kid took swimming in in the um, central yep. um, school, 
Yep, I've been in all of those. So okay. there are vibes in all those buildings, that's for sure. What, oh, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about what you're finding? Yeah, one of the, the most interesting thing. well, we've had quite a bit of activity in Central where we've investigated the most. Um, we hear a lot of whistling and um, moving. It sounds like people are moving boxes and things around. Um, we've heard voices. You've, we've seen full body apparitions there. We haven't caught any on uh, camera, which is really frustrating, but that's how it goes. We've had um, many times we've heard a radio, old time radio music playing in one of the locker rooms. And, oh, wow. Yeah, it sounds like it's coming off of one of those old fashioned radios uh, where they had the little knobs and the the little fabric in the front of the wooden radio. Uh, yeah. And it's got like music from the twenties and thirties on there. Um, and it'll be a loop. It just plays the same, like, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds of music over and over. And we heard in um, Cedar Manor, we had a conversation with a woman who was giving us, answers through a temperature gun she would stop the she had the temperature gun rotating it was a digital temperature gun and she was moving the thermometer or the readout it was scrolling from like the 50s to the 80s like really fast the temperature and we asked her yes no questions and she would when she would say yes we would say if it's yes stop the number at 72 or whatever the number is that we threw out and she would stop the number exactly at that you know 72 degrees and so that's how we were able to have a yes no question with her and wow yeah it's just it's cool that some of the ways that they can communicate with you to kind of blow your mind you know mm -hmm. and because there's so much again we you know you talk about the salt shaker right it's so much intention and so much intelligence to have to be able to do that when you're not here in, you know, with a human body, you know, and being able to interact, it's got to take an incredible amount of strength to mm -hmm. connect. Well, it took, I mean, physically opening the cabinet door, going, I mean, the salt shakers were in the back of the cabinet. There were several other things in front of them. So it was opening the door, getting the salt shaker, taking it down the stairs, making sure it didn't break, laying it down there and putting that little bead. I mean, that was a... That's wild. That was a That's lot. That's huge. That is a big... Yeah, that is quite a story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. I can't yeah, even imagine. Cool. Yeah. That is awesome story. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, very fun. Very yeah, cool when, story. When spirit moves it. stuff, you got to pay attention to that because that mm -hmm. that takes a lot of processing and energy. So, oh yes, that's cool. Absolutely, and it that happens. Is, well, you know, it does my happen. My brother but... and I used to have this dumb joke about a Seinfeld episode. And if any of your listeners were Seinfeld junkies, like we were, it was the episode where George's father was recounting a traumatic incident that he had during wartime and he was a chef, uh, like a cook for the company. And he, he overseasoned the, this dish and everybody got the runs. <laughs> <laughs> my brother thought this was so funny. We would just laugh about this and laugh about this. And the tagline was, I overseasoned. And he would call me, and this kind of gives you an idea of the person he was, but he would just call me, I'd answer the phone, and I'd hear, I overseasoned, and then mm -hmm. he'd, he'd hang up. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so, and I just laughed for the rest of the day. He, you know, that's just the kind of funny guy he was. And so yeah. when I saw that salt shaker, the first thing I thought of was, I overseasoned. Overseasoned, yes. Well, that even makes so it more totally sense. Totally makes that. sense. Totally, totally ties in there, Wendy, then, you know? Yeah. That's but, awesome. You know, so you talk about um, Cedar Manor and the school being mm -hmm. haunted. Yeah. And I had an experience when I um, 
this is before I started writing The Haunting of Bryn Wilder. Um, I was asked to speak at the high school in Bayfield, Wisconsin, which is where I set all these books. And so I went up there. I, I did my spiel. I spoke to the, the high school, and it was so much fun. You know, kids have the best questions. Mm-hmm. So much fun answering these questions from these high schoolers. And it all centered around paranormal and ghosts and whatever. And one of the teachers raised her hand and said, well, you know, this building is haunted, right? And I went, what? And apparently it's well known that the superintendent of schools died at his desk in that building. And he's still there. And Things happen all the time, and people just go, oh, that's, let's just say John. Oh, that's mm-hmm. just John. Mm-hmm. John's turning the lights off again. Mm-hmm. And um, people have, and it's almost like it's not even a thing to them. It's right. like, a, oh, there's John. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just a normal sort of part Accepted. of the day. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's and cool. that's one of the reasons I decided to like start really setting a whole lot of books in that town. Everything's mm-hmm. haunted there, mm-hmm. and nobody, nobody cares. It's like, oh well, well, yeah, that's whoever. Every hotel, every building, the the library that people are like, oh, listen, don't even ask me about the library because the li- it, it, it's just so funny that it's like so matter of fact there Mm -hmm. well and it's such an old town right i mean so so when was it incorporated i mean it's like one of the older towns on lake superior correct i think it is but the the place that i set um the haunting of Bryn wilder Mm -hmm. has been a boarding house for like 150 even more than that wow yeah and it before the town was even anything these fishermen would stay there Mm -hmm. and by all accounts they are still there sure and the guy and a a guy who i put in the book he works there name is gary (laughs) yeah he came out and you know was talking to me about the haunting of the place and he said oh every day i look up and one of them's floating through the dining room oh Isn't that wild? Isn't that wild? It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this this hotel where we were this last weekend, kind of same thing. I saw a lot of apparitions and a lot of floaty things happening. So, and that's been in existence since 1870, I believe. So, Hmm. kind of same time frame, right? You know? Um, Yeah. So, where was this again now? uh, It's in Humbard, Wisconsin. And it's been a... Con- it's been in constant use as a hotel boarding place since 1870. And uh, it was used as an infirmary for smallpox patients when that was a big pandemic, like COVID, for example. Oh, um, yeah. Lots of people died there, you know? So, yeah, crazy. That is so fun when that, ha- you know, so cool when, when so that happens. Another, another weird thing that I wanted to mention um, we talked about the end of Temperance Dare, mm-hmm. and you guys know that I set that in uh, just outside of um, the real Bayfield, Wisconsin, in yep. an old TB sanatorium mm-hmm. that really was there, but that was torn down. Mm-hmm. I envisioned it was now a retreat for artists and writers. Mm-hmm. A few months ago, I was up in Bayfield. And I learned that on that exact site, they're building a retreat for artists and writers. Really? Oh, cool. hmm. it's like it'll be in, it'll be interesting to see if it's well, and it'll you know if there's what we've found in tuberculosis hospitals, there's a lot of activity. So, yeah, knows you know it doesn't go away just because the building is gone. You know, so that, I know. That may very well have activity. I was just freaked out. It's like, um, you know I wrote about this. You know it's not going to mm-hmm. end well. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and and when you wrote it, there. Well, and when you wrote it, I was actually because I think I asked you this because it sounded an awful lot like um, that sanatorium up by Duluth, which is still there, and it kind of it looks yeah. over Lake Superior, and you know it's. Um, I can't remember what the name of it is now. It just totally escapes me. But we've investigated there, and that's it's full of activity. No pemming. No pemming. Yes, yes. How can I forget that? Um, yeah. Yeah, because place. just the way you described it was a lot like that, actually. You know, I was kind of bummed it, when you said, no, that wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it, it was from the same era, though. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, the fact that they're building uh, this retreat, it's like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh. I know. Fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. They stole your oh. idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so actually, to put a plug in for our sibling show, The Calling, uh, they're going to, tomorrow night's show is dedicated to our investigations and our weekend at the Hotel Bar and Grill in Humbard. Um so listen in because Kimberly was there too. So it was Kim. Uh, so Kim and Jerry will be talking about what happened there, and it was crazy times. So listen in tomorrow night at eight o'clock on the Calling Radio Show. So, um, so that said. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm speechless here for a minute. That's very unusual for me. But yeah, so do you have a new? So are you writing a new book yet? I am, and actually, it's already with my publisher. It's already done. Yeah. I was going to say, I bet it's already done. It is. It's set in my same little town, Wharton. Mm-hmm. And this time, um, a woman is turning her. Um, family vacation home into a bed and breakfast mm-hmm. kind of starting anew and her grandfather was a very famous painter and she opens up the house and um, finds some paintings that the world has not seen and they're kind of dark and scary and um, she's not quite sure what they mean it's sort of a little bit of a takeoff on a dr jekyll and mr hyde story mm-hmm. um she finds that maybe the grandfather was stalking people in the town maybe the grandfather oh. was a very bad person Ooh. and so it's her trying to solve this mystery while trying to sort of maintain her own family legacy because it's course if this gets out um mm-hmm. it it could do real damage so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it's kind of mystical and magical and um <laughs> i love it scary I love yeah it. i love it so we'll have you on next year at the same time talking about that and oh, hopefully okay. next year next year we can be in the studio with an audience wouldn't in that be studio. fun absolutely so, that'd be great i would love that Fingers crossed. Well, I think we need to wrap it up. So listen, thank, uh, thanks, Wendy, for being on. And for our listeners, be sure to pick up um, the Keepers of, Me- of Mezzo. Um, Mezzo and Vallo. Thank you. I had a really hard time saying that, and I don't know why. <laughs> I know. It's, it's not, yeah. I, yeah, Mezzo and Vallo. <laughs> I want to say Valu for some reason, but um, <laughs> yes. So pick it up, read it. You can get it on Kindle right now. Um, of course, I'm going to get the paper copy too when it comes out. But yeah, so it's very good. And uh, Wendy also has a website, and I think it's wendyweb.com. Am I right? Or is it wendykweb.com? Wendy K Web, wendykweb.com. And okay. they can find me at Wendy Web Author. On Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter, and I have to confess that I'm not very good on Twitter. So, right. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody is really. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, thanks for thanks for joining everyone, and um, have make it a good week. Thank you to the troops who may be listening. If you're home, thank goodness. If you're not, thank you for your service. Absolutely, and thank everybody you guys in the so chat much. room. Uh, 
Yeah. Thanks, Wendy, for being with us, everybody in the chat room. Thanks for joining and tuning in wherever you are. Whoever's listening out there, wherever you are, thanks for tuning in. Para X, thank you so much for hosting us, of course. We love being here. And Sarge, our most amazing producer, thank you as well for helping this all come together. Ooh. Thanks, everyone. 